Welcome to Money, Mindset, and Love with your host, Thomas DeShooter. As our title implies, this program is about so much more than money. We'll focus on the game of life and the best way to play it with empowerment, love, and financial freedom. Now, here's your host, Thomas DeShooter. Welcome to Money, Mindset, and Love. My name is Thomas DeShooter. I'm your host, and this morning we have a fantastic guest, someone who's become a very close friend of mine over the past couple of years, uh, Reverend Patricia Zogar will be joining us. Uh, and here's her bio. She was raised without spiritual teachings. However, since childhood, she yearned for a spiritual aspect to life. In 1979, Reverend Pat was introduced to the New Thought philosophies when she attended a wedding at a New Thought Center for Spiritual Living. When she began uncovering the philosophies and the reference to the universal mind and the infinite, she knew instantly that her calling was to become a New Thought minister. She began her studies through the Ernest Holmes College and flash forward to 1999, she was appointed the spiritual leader of the Positive Living Center of Victoria, British Columbia, Canada in 2001, was ordained by Dr. Jackie Darby of the International Alliance of Churches of Truth in Canada. In 2008, she was licensed as a religious science of mind practitioner and minister, also known as uh, science of mind. Did I say that? Right. I think I said That's that good. twice. That's it all right. Works. And in April of 2016, just as she was set to retire, decided she was not done yet and was appointed as the minister of the Unity Spiritual Center of Nanaimo. Patricia's other passions include, uh, she's a playwright, she's had uh, authored two books, she loves the arts, particularly theater, which allows her to bring humor, the love of music, and joyful self-expression to her ministry, and now we're going to start the show. All right. <laughs> Patricia, welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to do a little bit of, uh, for some reason we're stuck here with um, Voice America as the as the uh, video on this, and I don't want that. So let me uh, let me work on this. But I'm going to ask it's you a question. Kind of a relief for me, actually. Yes, you don't want to, You don't want to say anything. <laughs> um, I think maybe you know what I'd love to start with is I know that uh, we kind of read in your bio how new thought sort of ended up in your life. Mm -hmm. But what in particular is um, the universal mind and the infinite? And maybe you want to start with one of those. Well. It not that they're the same thing, actually. They're both ways of understanding the infinite, what we used to call God, of coming to a new understanding of what it is that, that powers the universe, um, that responds to our thinking, that is actually what connects us all. It's not something outside of ourselves sitting up on a throne up in the sky, but it's a power and a force that flows through every one of us. And everything. Everything. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I've picked up from Unity since uh, starting to attend Unity of Nanaimo was, you know, as a child uh, being raised in a, re in a somewhat religious household, mm -hmm. I always had this view that God was somewhere out there, the big, yes. the big guy in the sky and, uh, you know, with the beard and judging and that. And that's really not the message of Unity. No. Would you, how, would you, how would you compact that for people? Well, the term Christ, um, I think if you're raised in a traditional, a mainstream Christian uh, teaching, you may think that Christ was Jesus' surname. Christ is actually a title that that's a, designates someone who's aware of the spark of the divine in themselves. And Jesus certainly was. And Jesus told us that we, we are too. 
ye two are gods. Ye two are gods. He said, um, "These things and greater shall you also do." So that same spark, that Christ that was in Jesus, is also in each and every one of us. And as we become aware of a, what we call Christ consciousness, uh, we're aware that the power. We, we claim the power knowing that it comes from within. It's not something that happens to us. It's something that we do. Mm. And that's tremendously liberating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know for me, one of the, um, one of the things that's fascinated me about uh, unity and as I've uncovered more is the idea of we're all creators. Exactly. And that we get to create our life. And in any moment, you can actually recreate any situation if you have the mindset and the power to do that. And are willing to take the responsibility for it. Because the nature of the creator, the divine of life itself, is that it responds to us. It responds to our thinking, it responds to our beliefs, it responds to our words, it it responds to our intention. And so with every thought, every word, every deed, every action, we are actually creating into into this life. Right. So every moment is the opportunity to create. Absolutely. Now, some of the, one of the things that we covered in one of our classes, um, because I've taken some classes with you mm-hmm. on the metaphysical side, and uh, metaphysics for me has been fascinating in terms of uh, it's allowed me to rewrite the Bible in a way that I want it to be, which, exactly. is, which is kind of fun, um, but has been the idea of the subconscious mm-hmm. and retraining the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Think and Grow Rich. Yes. But that was, so much of that was about rewriting the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Do you have any methods that you use or any tactics, anything that you do in particular that helps you to reprogram? I think that's what self-awareness is all about, is, is uncovering the hidden beliefs that we've all, you know, the unworthiness, the, the poverty, the illness that we were taught was just part of life itself. And someone said, and this is pretty advanced, but if you want to know what you wanted, look and see what you got. Hmm. So, and they say that's that's pretty advanced. You don't make people feel wrong about that, but the purpose is to empower people by realizing that I have created this, therefore I can uncreate this and I can recreate it consciously instead of subconsciously, just by going all those things. Your parents taught you, your government taught you, your teacher taught you, your minister taught you. The whole purpose is, is to think for yourself and find what's true for you. Right. Yeah. Now, this is a bit of um, a, slippery, a slippery slope, shall I say, okay. because uh, one of the things we've talked about is metaphysical malpractice. Yes. And you mentioned something there, making people wrong. Yes. And, and what I've seen in the world in some cases with, with this teaching, and, and we are, are both have done Landmark, yes. right, mm-hmm. um, is that people can get a little bit crazy. Yeah. And start making others like you need to live your life this way. Yeah. How do you deal with that when you see that, or when somebody's coming at you with that? Well, there's two things that come to mind for me immediately. Is one is the difference between the word blame and the word responsibility. When we accept responsibility for our lives, we're not blaming ourselves or anybody else because we've always done the best we knew how to do with what we knew at the time. Right. So forgive ourselves. The other thing is, I think of raising children. And if your children don't ask for advice, don't waste your breath. And it's, I mean, there's no point in trying to fix your friends or your spouse or anybody else because the only thing you can change is yourself. Right. So when people are ready to hear, 
they will hear, they will come to you and they will ask you. So the thing is when you offer advice and tell people what they're doing wrong, you're just embedding them even deeper in, in where they are. So, right. I think that's really important when people are ready to hear something yep. that it, and is, is that what happened to you? Do you think? Absolutely. Um, I would pretty, pretty much bottom it out. Um, I, this was back in the 70s, and, and women didn't run off and leave their children in those days, and I did that. Uh, I abandoned my children. I was abusing uh, alcohol. I was in an abusive relationship. I was not healthy. Um, so I went about as low as, as I could go, and that's when I did uh, Landmark, which was called the S training in those days. And that was the first um, inkling I ever had that I had something to do with the way my life was unfolding. I previously had blamed the men in my life, and suddenly I realized that the only consistent thing in all my relationships was me. So that kind of hit me upside the head and made me open to when I came across this philosophy that my life is being created to me, but added a spiritual dimension to it. So it makes me in awe of the process. Mm. Yeah. Do you pray a lot? I'm you know, pray without ceasing. I'm not a person who sits down consciously and prays at particular times, but many, many times throughout my, my day, I become aware and thankful and blessed that I'm now operating in an entirely different um, sphere of life than I used to be. And yes, when someone comes to me, I consciously pray, mm. but I like to think that I pray without ceasing. What does that? What does that mean? Without ceasing, just means living in in consciousness, being right. mindful. Right, being present to actually—that's a really big deal, isn't it? It is getting present because so much of what we do is is done unconsciously. Mm-hmm. We don't realize what we're thinking. We don't even realize what we're doing much of the time. Um, I don't know if this has happened to you. It certainly happened to me where uh, you drive somewhere mm-hmm. and you. How did I like, get here? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then you can have that moment. It's like, thank God I got here because right. I, if there was danger, I was completely unaware. And that's something to be grateful for, because there's so much that we do do without the, like the whole operation of our body, the beating of our heart, the digestion of our food. We don't have to consciously do that. So it's it's wonderful the human mind. Yeah. But we only use a tiny little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yesterday's sermon, mm-hmm. you touched on some things, and I thought maybe we could uh, we could dive into them a little bit. But sure. what was the what was the title of yesterday's talk? The the doctor within. The doctor within. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I'll set this up a little because um, uh, being a Unity student now, as I am, uh, you know, Myrtle Fillmore had healed herself of tuberculosis. And yes. So we're going back to what eighteen ninety. Yes. About forty years old. Yes. And has a severe case of tuberculosis, which pretty much back then means death. Mm-hmm. It's you're not going to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think doctoring back then was a basically somebody with a black bag that had some leeches, leeches in it and, things, yeah. and some some saws. <laughs> you know, we'll either we'll either try to suck the blood out of it or we'll cut it off. Right. Yeah. Um, and so people back then really did look for alternative ways to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And Myrtle found a way to heal herself, and it wasn't an easy. You know, the thing I um thing I loved about what she said in her in, in some of her writings was that it wasn't easy. It wasn't like she just prayed once <laughs> and she was healed. This was a an ongoing ritual of of what? What did what how did she of re- retraining the subconscious mind with the conscious mind. Right. Because how many times 
does it take us thinking a negative thought to show up as an illness in our body? It probably takes that many positive thoughts to counteract that. So she just talked with love to the cells of her body. She sent love to her stomach and she sent love to her blood cells. Now, how often do, do we even acknowledge that there's life in our, in our cells, let alone that it's, it flourishes on love? Right. right. Just as we all do. Right, and so, so back to yesterday's mm-hmm. uh, talk, The Doctor Within. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I gave some examples in my own life of how I had uncovered the subconscious beliefs and, and ideas that had given rise. When I, when I was a child, I had rheumatic fever three times, and I came to realize the, there were benefits and payoffs to that that I got to stay home from school, that the children at, in my class sent me letters, that my teacher came to visit me, and my mother got to be nurse. And my mother had always wanted to be nurse, but her family couldn't afford that. So not only was I getting all this attention, but I was giving my mother the gift of being a nurse. Mm-hmm. That she, and, 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 and the time I cut my arm and, and got a lot of attention, my father took off his shirt and wrapped me up and carried me to the doctor's office. And the nice lady stood up and said I could go first. And my four-year-old mind filed that away as the way to get attention is to cut your body. And so I've had six major surgeries on my body. I don't need to do that anymore because I'm conscious now of what those thoughts will create. Right. It's amazing. Would you say that, so, and I thought of this yesterday when you were, mm-hmm. when you were sharing this, your mother's desire to be a nurse actually had you potentially become ill so that she could, like, do we, do you think we have that much influence of life around us? I think we have influence we can't even imagine. Mm. Yeah. We don't need to rely upon that scientific uh, logical proof because we know that our science and our logic is is just starting to understand what's actually happening in our in our world and in our bodies right yeah. right um, back to the talk yesterday yep. you shared some other examples of um, of some people that you've come across in life and you don't have to mention any names right. but, but do you mind sharing a little bit sure. I found that interesting sure I, I had a, a woman who um, she was an unhappy woman and she was stressed and she was very unhappy in her work. As a matter of fact, she would call me and tell me, my job is killing me. And she discovered a small breast lump and she went to her doctor and the doctor did a needle biopsy, which was negative. And she insisted upon a second needle biopsy, which was also negative. And so she insisted upon a surgical biopsy And lo and behold, she had cancer. And as she said, not only that, but it's the most aggressive type. And it was almost as though she, almost as though she had created it. Um, And so we had a healing circle for her. And she was in her glory, actually. She came beautifully dressed and so grateful and flowers for everyone. And we did a healing ceremony for her and some energy work. And then she announced, I'm going into battle mode. And her life became about the battle against cancer. And to make a short story long, <laughs> long story <laughs> short, within six months, she was dead. Wow. And compare that with an 83-year-old woman whose doctor told her to go to hospital immediately because she had um, 
calcium cells in her blood, which meant that her bones were disintegrating, which meant that she had uh, bone cancer. Right. She entered into that with um, bless my, I said, we did a treatment or a prayer, blessing every cell in her body. She said, you know, I'm, I've had a good life. If it's my time, it's fine. She found great uh, joy in the technicians around the hospital. Um, her, her bone marrow biopsy, oh, that wasn't a big deal. She said, that was no bad. The technicians are so good and we have such good food here. And she kept staying so positive through a punch, kidney punch biopsies and MRIs and whatever, full body scans, and always finding the good. And after four days of tests, they sent her home because they couldn't find anything wrong with her. The next time I saw her, uh, as far as I know, she's still driving to service every week. She must be about 86. She gave me a wink and she said, you know, my doctor said I'm not out of the woods yet. Right. And she's still going strong. That's so, awesome. Yes, we all get challenges, but how we deal with them is such a huge influence on how we heal. Right. Well, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. You bet. When we come back, maybe we'll talk about how we deal with those things. Okay. You are listening to Money, Mindset, and Love on the Voice America Influencers channel. I am your host, Thomas DeShooter. You can check us out all over social media on Facebook at Money, Mindset, and Love. You can go to thomasdeshooter.com and find us there. And don't forget to check out the Apple app. You'll find our, um, our show on the Apple app as well. And here we go to break, and we'll be back with our great guest, Patricia Zogar. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel uneasy visiting a bank? Do you struggle to sit through a meeting with your financial advisor and leave having not fully understood what they were talking about? Are you blindly trusting that somebody else understands this better than you? Call Thomas DeShooter and the team at Bloom Strategies to create your financial future. Together, you will break down the game of money so that you win. Learn how to take control of your finances and make decisions based on your core values that put you in the driver's seat of your financial life. No more thinking that you don't get it. No more financial statements left unopened and no more feeling like you are stuck in a world of scarcity. Join the conversation on Facebook at Bloom Strategies or go to bloomstrategies.com today. That's B-L-O-O-M strategies.com. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
are listening to Money, Mindset, and Love. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to thomas at thomasdeshooter.com. Now back to Money, Mindset, and Love. Hi there. Welcome back to the show, Money, Mindset, and Love. I am your host, Thomas Deshooter, and we are with Reverend Patricia Zogar. And, you know, before the break, we left off on something, and I can't, I didn't write it down, and I don't remember what it was. You so. know what, Thomas? It's all the same stuff. <laughs> you know what? I think um, uh, we're going to talk about some, uh, some other things around unity, but I actually wanted to touch on this because you've written a couple of books. They're, you said they're not in print anymore. A few years ago. A few yeah. years ago. So one of them is Happy, Rich, and Good Looking. Mm-hmm. Which it's actually good looking, good looking. Yeah. Okay, and then there's Bubba's big book of didactic stories for enlightened children and their adults. <laughs> right. I love the title. Thank you. Let's first talk about Happy Rich and Good Looking. Um, what was that? Well, that was just actually a series of, of talks that come of my congregants asked me to put together. But the happy, rich, and good looking comes from a, a new thought minister named, oh, I'm trying to think, trying to, I can't remember her name. I think she was in De- Detroit. Um, the Queen. She called herself the Queen, anyway. And she was a wonderful, big, you know, full. A personality, big black mama, um, Jewish background, very multi-everything. And she called herself a Pentecostal New Thought Minister. And every morning she started her, or greeted her congregation by saying, good morning, how are you? And they had to reply, we're rich, happy, and good looking. And so I adopted that and I decided happy needs to come first because being rich and good looking. And and when I was in Victoria, I actually used to make the congregation say that. Every really? <laughs> was it a unity? Uh, in- it, that was, at the, at the time, an independent um, New Thought Center. Okay. What would be the difference between that independent New Thought Center and unity, if there is one? Um, and, and that independent New Thought Center is now uh, Centers for Spiritual Living, which used to be religious science. And those two have been sort of sister teachings since the beginning of time. They arose about the same time. And the only difference really, I think, is that um, unity tends to be a little bit more in touch with the Christian roots that they both come from. So within both Centers for Spiritual Living and Unity, you will find people who identify themselves as Christian and people who say no. Uh, people who say, how come you don't quote from the Bible? And other people say, don't ever give me that Bible stuff again. Right. So they've either come from um, a tradition that, that was too restrictive for them, or they had no religious training and, and yearned for something. And that's the people that tend to come together. Yeah. Right. Um, and then uh, Bubba's big book of didactic stories for enlightened children. And, and my favorite part of this is, and their adults, because yes. I immediately think of my kids and the, how they must view us as their adults. Right? You know, when my first grandson was born, I, I just wanted to have the best library in the whole world for him. I think every grandparent goes through that. But my favorite books were always the Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robin, Hundred Acre Wood stuff. And, you know, when I looked at those, the originals, they didn't have big splashy illustrations and stuff they just had little black and white line drawings and as i read them over again i said these aren't really children's books these are 
message books. These are for adults, and you have to be an adult to really get it. So that's why I kind of, that put me in mind of that's the kind of story I wanted to write. Right. Hmm. Not children's books, huh? Well, children's books, yes. Adult books disguised as children's right. books, yeah. Have you yeah. seen that uh, Christopher Robin movie that's out? No. Because, yeah, there's the, I kind of, I don't know that I've ever thought of it in that capacity before, but I think I agree with you that they're, they're Winnie, some of, uh, some of Pooh's oh, sayings everywhere. are like unbelievably wise. Yes, yeah. All right, so um, give us a little bit of, uh, if you can, a little bit of history of, of New Thought. And, and, you know, I know its roots. Uh, yep. So if we look at Unity, we've got Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. Yes. Um, Science of Mind, I think, is around that same, that same it, Ernest flavoring. Ernest Holmes was about 30 years younger than, than the Fillmores. Okay. Th- in other words, he started 30 years before them or he started 30 no, years after them? They, I'm not sure now. You've got me confused. Okay. Um, they both studied with the same teachers, essentially. Emma Curtis Hopkins was called the teacher of teachers. Both Ernest Holmes and Myrtle and Charles Fillmore studied with her. Okay. Um, and they, in turn, were influenced by Phineas Parker's Quimby, who's sometimes called the father of new thought. He goes back to the early 1800s. He was a clockmaker in New, in new England. He was introduced to Mesmer, which mesmerism, which was the forerunner of hypnotism, and started with experimenting with that mind influence on the body. He determined, or he, he declared, that people's religions were making them sick because the religions were teaching sin and guilt, blame and shame. And so he started working with patients, negating that, that guilt and shame, and finding that patients were becoming healed. Mary Baker Eddy, who is the founder of Christian Science, also studied with, with Parkhurst, uh, Phineas Parkhurst Quimby. But then um, Emma, Curtis, Emma Curtis Hopkins had been a student of Quimby's, and she taught the Fillmores, Ernest Holmes, and the Kramer sisters who founded Divine Science. Right. Right. So there's that. And all of those are called New Thought. Okay. And, and which ones have really managed to survive? Because not. Unity and Centers for Spiritual Living are pretty close to the same size, influencing the same right. amount of people. And have they partnered up recently? or They have recently, well, they've always, there's the Association for Global New Thought, which Michael Beckwith, also from the, the Agape Center, he's an independent, but they've all sort of joined on that level, often do conferences together. And Unity and Centers for Spiritual Living have recently reached an agreement where they can hire each other's ministers. Right, so you can you can go on tour. Yeah, have you thought Have you thought about that? Well, I haven't been offered, but sure, I'm willing to think. <laughs> Maybe we should get this radio show out, and they can they can bring you in. You could go on tour, and I'm on board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that that's the history. Now let's dial in a little bit more on Charles and Myrtle mm-hmm. because they started something at Unity, which I don't think most people are aware of, and that's the prayer line. Mm-hmm. So what what was really the um, the impetus for unity? You know, they never started it as a church. They sort of started it as a study group, and um, Myrtle shared her healing. And Charles also had he'd had a skating accident as a child and had a, a withered hip, so that he walked with a limp. And he actually 
healed himself of that as well as time went on. So they started sharing that just with family and friends getting together in the living room and, and talking about it. More and more people came. Um, Myrtle's success with prayer for herself, people would ask her, would write to her for, and there's a book called Healing Letters, which is just letters that Myrtle wrote to people. Um, what's the question? <laughs> uh, just, yeah, no, you're, 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 you're doing it. Just like sort of how it was started. Why, right. why was Unity started? And it just grew so much that they'd have, have uh, lectures and evenings and eventually people wanted to have Sunday service. They never intended it to replace people's religions. They always intended it as a supplement, but more and more people felt that this is my, my spiritual teaching. This is my religion. Right. And so churches, and the same thing happened with, with Science of Mind and, and the Centers for Spiritual Living. The intention wasn't originally to be a church, but it was a way of life. Right. It was more of a healing center too, right? That's it was, true. It was more, more about the healing. That's and, right. And, and so silent unity came. And the 24 hours a day, there was someone praying at silent unity at the headquarters in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Right. And you can phone in, you can write in, you can email in, and there's always someone there to be with you. Um, yeah, it's at unity.org prayer line. You can call in at one eight one six nine six nine two thousand. right? Is the, mm-hmm. and I, we've actually done that. Um, this, this might shock some people that went to school with me and yes. know me from my rock and roll days, yes. but there was a Saturday night here at this house we had some friends over from West Van, and on the Saturday night, we were out on the deck having a fire, and we decided, hey, let's phone the prayer hotline and get a little prayer going about world peace, right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> but it was it was cool. I mean, the you know, kudos to the person that was on the other end of the line because they were completely present. Mm-hmm. They absolutely just dug right into it and, and just prayed on the spot for right. world peace yeah. um, and made an affirmation. And, uh, and we, we really enjoyed that. I mean, we actually laughed about it after right. thought like, wow, that, there's a Saturday night for you. Right. But yeah. it was fun. And I mean, you know, what's the matter with asking for some world peace? Well, now that you mention that, I mean, that's like, as you know, my pet, um, at unity of Nanaimo, we sponsor the international day of peace on September 21st each year. And that's our biggest, uh, community outreach. And another thing you may not know is that December 31st every year, since 1986, at 4 a.m. Pacific time, we gather for a world peace meditation. And that's because it's at noon Greenwich Meridian time. So people all around the world are meditating at the same time. We just happen to draw that prize time spot at 4 a.m. So we offer a pancake breakfast after it just to kind of suck people in there. I did not know that. There you go. We'll expect you there. Uh, I just got the thumbs up from our producer of the show. <laughs> We're in, apparently. But, but there's something about people coming together that's for me, is more rewarding for myself to meditate with other people. But just mm. to know that that actually goes out into the world and has an impact. And if we're doing it at the same time, it's even more powerful. Um, so speaking of meditation, mm. uh, there's an app I use on my phone called mm. Insight Timer. Yes. And uh, what I love about Insight Timer is, is that very thing that, uh, because I do have a morning practice, I get up roughly the same time every morning and I, and I start my day with uh, 40 push-ups minimum and then I go into, <laughs> Good for you. I know, yeah. I know. And then I go into meditation and, uh, and I, have, I have my morning meditation time on, and it, it's really about getting myself 
centered. But what I love about the Insight Timer, as I'm just looking at it here, is that uh, so far today, there's 401,388 meditations Excellent. so far today on just that one. And there's multiple of these apps, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't the only one. Mm-hmm. But currently right now, if I were to meditate right now, it would be 3,160 people right now are meditating on the app. And then when you're finished, it gives you the opportunity to reach out to people and say, thanks for meditating with nice. me. And so I have, um, I have a bit of a rule around that every morning that, uh, so I've got, I've made a bunch of friends on, on Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. I don't know, really know who they are other than their connections, mm-hmm. but I will thank all my friends that were that show up because it tells me they were meditating along with me. So I'll send them a little note. It's really easy. You just hit a button and it sends them a little message. Right. And then it shows by, it goes nearby. So it's within a certain mile radius of where I am that they'll tell me these people in those areas were meditating. So it's usually things like Victoria or up north of the island or Vancouver. And then it's the global community. So I commit to 12 people nearby and 12 people on the global committee that I send them a thanks for meditating with me every morning. Right. And then I hear back from these people. Nice. Right. And, um, and anyhow, I just, I feel good about that. It's kind of like, I feel like I'm part of a community where we're out to do something bigger in the world than just ourselves. You know, sometimes we, t- we refer to God or the divine as universal mind. And when I hear something like this, I think the internet may just be the universal mind. It's- yeah. That where there's so much technology that we haven't even discovered yet that can bring us together, that can unite our minds and, and empower our thought to be even more powerful. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about universal mind. Okay. Because I sometimes wonder, um, where do thoughts come from? Like, where do these, you know, these crazy ideas or notions that I will get, like, where do they come from? Are they... Are the they, idea whose time has come. Yeah, I guess. Like the, for for decades, runners strived for the four minute mile. Roger Bannister broke the five four minute mile within months. Several others had done the same thing. So it's like, and and our children are born these days knowing how to use a computer. They don't have to be taught. It seems it's that in way. the common mind. Pierre Teilhard de Jardin, who was a Jesuit priest, proposed that there's something called the noosphere. N o o s is from the Greek from mind. He said that we have the geosphere, which is the planet, the earth, the biosphere, which is the life-giving oxygen layer around it. And he proposed that beyond that is the noosphere, which is every thought that's ever been thought is in that. And every one of those thoughts is available to any one of us at any time. And every thought that I think now that I offer into the noosphere is now available to you. So we think into it and we think from it. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's where thoughts come from. Maybe, maybe. And um, you know, what's coming up for me is that I, uh, I feel like in the morning when I do meditate, that that's what I'm plugging in. I'm plugging into something, and and really working to just clear the the monkey mind, mm-hmm. the ego mind. That's mm-hmm. just nonstop, right? The nonstop chatter to get that out of the way so I can have an actual good thought right. for a change. Exactly. Right? And that's the purpose of, of meditation, <laughs> isn't it? A lot of my best ideas come when I shut up. Yeah, and I go into meditation and I don't, I'm not aware of having thoughts, but very often I come out of my meditation, I go to my desk and suddenly there's the talk written or right. something, a story written. Right. Yeah. The opportunity to journal. 
and I and I do after I I'm the same after I meditate I have um, I have the ability to journal and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get myself into a state where I can write down ideas that come to me um, you know things like doing a podcast the radio show all of that stuff was not where did that come from well this wasn't on my radar it's not right. like I, I can think back 10 years ago and go hey I'm going to do a radio show I never thought of myself mm-hmm. of ever of ever doing this uh, you know it's uh, we got to go for a break I'm going to just say that um, Insight Timer is I-N-S-I-G-H-T. You can find it on your um, iPhone app or you can find it in, I'm sure in Google Play, they've got it there. But Insight Timer is one that I use. I'm sure there's many out there that other people use. But we're going to go for a break. You are listening to Money, Mindset, and Love on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We're with Reverend Patricia Zogart and we'll be back in a few short moments. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel uneasy visiting a bank? Do you struggle to sit through a meeting with your financial advisor and leave having not fully understood what they were talking about? Are you blindly trusting that somebody else understands this better than you? Call Thomas the Shooter and the team at Bloom Strategies to create your financial future. Together, you will break down the game of money so that you win. Learn how to take control of your finances and make decisions based on your core values that put you in the driver's seat of your financial life. No more thinking that you don't get it. No more financial statements left unopened. And no more feeling like you are stuck in a world of scarcity. Join the conversation on Facebook at Bloom Strategies or go to bloomstrategies.com today. That's B-L-O-O-M strategies.com. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Money, Mindset, and Love. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to thomas at thomasdeshooter.com. Now back to Money, Mindset, and Love. Hey there, Thomas Deshooter here, Money, Mindset, and Love. Welcome back to the show. We're with Reverend Patricia Zogart, and uh, we are talking about all things unity-related, metaphysically-related, conscious mind, and uh, we're now going to talk a little bit about something that I know frightened me, Tithing. Oh, yes. 
frightens everybody. I know. It's like, who's going to, why do you want to force me to give my money away? Exactly. Doesn't because make any sense at all, does it? If I give my money away, I won't have any, will I? That's right. But this is really all about the world of flow. Yep. And the in, you know, and I talk about this a little bit with um, uh, conscious cash flow and mm-hmm. being con- and you know the flow of money in and the flow of money out and you know I don't I don't believe money was meant to be hoarded no I just don't you know currency is just not it's a currency is like water it's mm-hmm. meant to flow yes or, and it doesn't mean don't be responsible and that doesn't mean don't look after yourself and don't and, you know and by all means make sure that your family is is taken care of absolutely but Currency is meant to flow in and out of our lives and an abundance mindset doesn't have a trapping on it, if you will, That's of, right. uh, of um, scarcity. And so with that in mind, because one of the things that came up for me when, we, when my wife and kids and I started to attend Unity was the idea of tithing. Mm-hmm. And I had that immediate reaction of, don't tell me what to do with my money. Mm-hmm. So maybe... What's your, I mean, you're a minister. Thank you. You need to raise money all, I mean, to keep the center open, it requires, it requires donations. It doesn't make any money. It doesn't produce anything other than deliver a message to people. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with that? So everybody, and that's what I love about unity is that there isn't, I don't stand up there and tell people the truth. I make some suggestions for you to think around and find your own truth. So tithing means something different to every, everybody. And the original tithe means a tenth, and that's what scares people off, because they say, wow, if I give a tenth of my income, I'll be broke. Um, In the Bible, tithing was a tenth, but that also, the tithe was also included your taxes. So that that helps a little. People often recommend that you start with, say, 1% and, and gradually work your way up. And you may want to go way beyond 10% because it becomes such a joy to give. Hard to believe, isn't it? But it's, the two examples I think of is one priming the pump. And young people have no idea what that means. But when I was a child, we had a pump on the kitchen sink. That's where we got our water. And sometimes you didn't get water. Stop. Yep. So is you it, mean you didn't just go to the tap and just not. turn the knob and then magical water? You, you had to pump, and sometimes there was no water there. What? And when there was no water there, what my mother had to do was put water in because the pump can't pump air. And if the water level dropped below the pump, it couldn't pump water up. So we had to put water down until it met the standing level of water in the pump, then the pump could get a hold of it and give us all the water we need. Right. So sometimes financially we need to prime the pump. The other example is the farmer. The farmer keeps 10% of his seed for next year's crop. And it's not the leftover 10%. The farmer keep, takes the best 10% and keeps that for next year's pr- crop. So transfer that to money. It applies too. You know, as you say, if you're hoarding it, you're just blocking the flow so it can't come in. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we have such beliefs about where our, our money comes from. We're so limited in what we expect. And there's so many channels and unexpected places that money's just a symbol. It isn't the money we want. It's the things that money stands for. What it represents. Yeah. 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 And it's really energy, right? <laughs> in, my, in my view, money is energy. And it's not some... 
you know, it's almost like where we started this conversation on the God, you know, outside of us, out there Saying somewhere. Saying he deserves some, yes. she doesn't. You know. And and in my experience, you know, in two decades of, of working with people around finance, my experience has been that that's, in a lot of cases, money occurs to people like it's outside of them somewhere and it has nothing to do with what's going on inside of them. Mm-hmm. And I I almost think it's like a truth serum. You there know, you go. like mm-hmm. where you really are within yourself. And, you know, if you look around and see what your state of money is like, chances are that's really what's going on. Reflecting something. Reflecting with you. And, yeah. and it's not like money. I'm not saying, you know, money's a God, but we need it. It's, of it's, course we do. It's like a fact of life as part of our, you know, society, our culture, our entire economic system is built on currency exchange and, you know, being able to exchange currency with people for goods and services. So get over it that we need it and stop thinking like it's, it's magic. It's not magic. It's just energy and be open to receiving. And it's not limited. And the fact that you have money has got nothing to do with the fact that I don't or vice versa. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, I'm in a prosperity course right now at Unity, and so tithing just came up. Mm-hmm. Actually, yesterday was our course was on uh, yesterday's studies was on tithing, and and somebody brought up something that I thought was really great that I'll that I'll share now because uh, um, it's not it's not ten percent to your church. Is that is that how ten percent to your source of inspiration? Yes, whatever that is, whatever that is. And so, if your source of inspiration is feeding hungry children. Go feed some hungry children with like, it's not about giving money to a church somewhere, which is how I think that's how I interpret it. And I'd say that's how a lot of people think it is showing up in the mm-hmm. world. It's not. It can be anything that inspires you. Yeah. So make a decision on what that is and give. And I think Jim, I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Rohn. No. Oh. So Jim Rohn was a inspirational speaker for for many years. Um, he's he's passed away, but he's uh, Darren Hardy, who um, runs Success Magazine, mm-hmm. was um, coached by Jim Rohn. Tony Robbins was coached by Jim Rohn, and and one of his you know one of his things was that ten percent goes to charity. Now I don't know if I'd use the word charity because it sounds a bit to me the word charity kind of sounds helpless, mm-hmm. but ten percent goes. You know, the first thing to, is, to yeah, yeah, to the service of others, to open up the flow, open up right. the floodgates to, to have more show up. You know, anybody who thinks about if they won the lottery or suddenly came up with a lot of cash, what do they want to do? They want to give it to somebody. They want to give it to their family. They want, so the purpose of money is to give. So no matter how little you got, you can, you can start where you are. And if, if giving becomes a joy, not an obligation. If you can't give with joy, don't give. Hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're giving, and this came up yesterday as well, if you're giving with the intention that I'm going to get, I think, you know, again, that's a scarcity mind. That's actually a block for the true flow of what can come into your life. And I know, I know myself, you know, my parents went, uh, went bankrupt when I was a kid. So did mine. Did they? Okay. And so I had a lot of work to do around money and it's not, I'm not blaming them. Just that when you come from that place where all of a sudden you don't have, mm-hmm. you can build some walls up for yourself around being open to having a flow of money in your life. And right. I've, I've done a lot of work on that for myself and I've, I'm in a great, you know, and he, I know I'm kind of blah, blah, blah here, but it's not, it's not like I've ever needed mm. 
like I've had scary moments, absolutely, where I was looking at the balance going, I don't know how it's going to, you know, I don't know how next month's going to go, but somehow I've always been taken care of. You know, at the end of the day, it's always, I've always been taken care of in some capacity. And so I think, you know, I think mindset is so much of what we've talked about today. Absolutely. So how do you, how do you position it for your parishioners, the tithing? Like, is that, is it an uncomfortable conversation? Is it? Yes, in a way. Um, But again, when, when you can reassure people that you're not going to make them sign in blood, that I'm going to give you 10% of my family's income and even if my children are hungry. Again, I, I stress, if it's, if it's not joyful, don't do it. Because you don't give because the church needs it. You give it because that's who you are, your life itself expressing. The more you can express life, the more life you're going to have come rushing in. Hmm. Money, health, all of it. Great. Anything you want to share? We're getting close to our, our time limit today. Is there anything we haven't covered that you feel like? I think that's a good start. Yeah. I, I'm thrilled that, that you have the chutzpah to tackle this on the air. Because, you know, so often we're kind of embarrassed by our spirituality. We're afraid people are going to think we're a little woo-woo. Well, so be it. We are a little woo-woo. I only like woo-woo people. So kudos to you for being willing to risk well, that, actually, now that you've brought that up, yes. <laughs> I've had a real, you know, in the, as you know, um, we met, what, two and mm-hmm. a half years ago, mm-hmm. roughly, and about six months into me attending um, the Nanaimo Spiritual Center or Unity Center in Nanaimo, I, you know, decided and just proudly announced to my wife, who <laughs> was not <laughs> expecting it, that I think I'm going to become a minister. And she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you? Yeah. Where did that come from? But largely, I was inspired by you. But one of the things that I have really had a struggle with in my mind is, how is that going to affect all of my relationships mm-hmm. currently mm-hmm. for people that don't know me as that? And it's not, and, and you and I were talking off here before, I'm not planning on you know leaving my current career and becoming a minister of a church somewhere. I'm not. That's not what my intention is right now. It's to have the understanding and the training. I'm attracted to it. I really want to unpack it because religion was so much a part of my younger life. But but I just feel like um, by coming out with it, there's, it's going to, you know, is it going to affect relationships I have? Because I don't talk about it is like, you know, hey, you need to go to church, but it is happening in my life and it's starting to become a more, a larger conversation in everything I do. How did, did you go through something like that? Did that affect you in that way or did you care? Not a lot, no. Um, you know, I don't know why this came up while you were talking, but this idea that there's so much darkness in our, in our world today, that there's such a big shadow and someone just said recently, you know, the only reason the shadow is big is because the light is big. Um, so more and more of us are, are stepping up to shine the light on, on, the sh- on the shadow. And I think that takes courage, but I think it's what's necessary in our world today. So y- you've been called, nothing you can do about it now. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, like we covered earlier, uh, I, I agree with that. I actually view, um, I'm always a glass half full kind of mm-hmm. guy. I'm very rarely on the, on the you know, life is miserable road. Um, and I think that 
as much as uh, you know, I've I've seen some of the media out there about you know the Trump presidency or stuff that's going on in the world or all this, the economic sanctions that all the countries are throwing at each other and all of that conversation. At the same time, I look at something like Insight Timer mm-hmm. and go, "Wow, there's four hundred thousand meditations were done today on right. that. Like, where was that ten years ago? Mm-hmm. There was no way to manage that or clock that. There was no external influence mm-hmm. that I could." you know, gravitate to that would pull me in. Mm-hmm. And I just see that, I see that actually growing. Yes. And so I, I love what you just said there, that the, the only reason why we're seeing a big shadow is because the light is bigger. The, you know, the dark underside of life has always been there, but it's being shown now. Now that we see it, we can start to do something about it. You know, right. 10 years ago, we thought racism had been handled. We thought, you know, we, we'd done everything. And now we see how much we still have to do. And we've overcome a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we know that we can overcome more. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's really, that's, yeah, that's well said. I think we've come a long way. And I, and I see in all of that stuff, I see opportunity. I yes. see opportunity to get on the, and the air like this and do a show that talks about this stuff. And, and I'm sure I'll, you know, I'll have more and more people on where we'll end up in these kind of conversations. I mean, Michael Beckwith, I'd love to oh, you know, yeah, have him. Sure. I'd love to have him on the show just because I would just love to, to, to just dive into but the you know, process that Michael he has. Michael Beckwith started exactly the way you're starting. That, that huge Agape spiritual center started with a dozen people in his living room. Right. Saying, what vi- what's our vision? Mm. Where are we going to go? And look, what they, look where they went. Yeah. So. You're not thinking that that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> Um, all right, we're down to the last minute of the show. So, Patricia, thank you so much for being on. It's been a joy. Because I just threw this at you literally yesterday. And uh, it's so much fun to record live in the house and, and do, uh, do a Zoom show that we're going to put up on Facebook at a later date. So you've uh, been listening to Money, Mindset, and Love on the Voice America Influencers channel. Today's guest has been Patricia Zogar, Reverend Patricia from my Unity Center in Nanaimo, and uh, from both of us, we send you good tidings and blessings for a fantastic end of this year and a fantastic 2019. We do. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today on Money, Mindset, and Love. Please join host Thomas DeShooter for another amazing show next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And have yourself a great week.